Hi everybody and welcome to session three of Biblical Leadership Matters. Today's topic is going to be understanding the anointing. Pastor, why don't you greet the people and then pray an opening prayer. It is such a joy to be with you right now and I truly appreciate you joining in for these podcast sessions and before we get started, let's just have a word of prayer and pray for yourself that God will bring a, um, a message directly to your heart from this, uh, from this podcast and that the Lord will touch you in this particular subject of biblical leadership. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this great and glorious opportunity, God, of looking into your word and allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us and to show us things, Lord, of, of how and what we can become in you, Lord, and how you can use us. And, Lord, that you'll revive in us the why of ministry or why we're doing it. And, and I pray, Lord, I pray for everyone that's joined in, God. We just thank you for your presence and your fellowship with us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It, like I said, it's just great being with you once again, and I truly hope that these podcasts can encourage and will encourage you and lift you up in your faith, in your faith walk, and help you to see that every one of us have a ministry purpose. Every child of God is called of the Lord to do something to uh, help produce something powerful in the kingdom of God. I just think we just need to get a good picture of who our God is and a clear picture of who we are. And so uh, I just, I'm so glad you're with us. So let me just start with the key verse of scripture once again, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. This helps us to remember and know where our foundation is in biblical leadership. All scripture, Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. God certainly not only does he call us, but he also equips us and that he will not leave us hanging where we don't know what to do and understand that that with the Lord, we can understand the following uh, uh, the following direction and leading of the Lord that we know that he takes what he's given. He cleanses what he takes. He anoints what he cleanses and he uses what he anoints. We'd already talked about the process and process involving that. Uh, in, it involves being surrendered to the Lord. As a leader, we allow the Lord to lead us and that we must, uh, you know, we as children of God, it's a little different in Christianity and in uh, talking and addressing the subject of leadership when you you and I as Christians must lead uh, in a biblical way. And so when we live our life in a biblical way, then it means that 
in the world, the world will tell us we need to succeed and we need to shine and we need to, you know, be all this. But in God's kingdom, if we surrender to Christ and Christ becomes uh, the lead and Christ is glorified. So we give all glory to him. And so we surrender ourselves over to him. And in that surrendering comes a a sure uh, and positive dependency on Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Not only are we surrendered, but he cleanses what he takes. He sanctifies us and cleanses us and makes us ready to be used of the Lord. All of us try to improve ourselves, but... You know, we can make ourselves a little better here and there by doing things differently in more of a positive light and, and do things constructively. But I have to tell you, you, we are unable to really clean ourselves up the way that God can sanctify us. He cleanses what he takes. When we surrender to the Lord, he takes us and he then cleanses us. Everything we've done wrong the Lord forgives us, and we're cleansed of it. It's like a, a um, you know, just like folks uh, in the country, and folks, maybe you even do this, you you can vegetables. Well, you know, you uh, put the green beans in the jar, and you uh, and it sits in the cellar or in a storage place for months and months till finally you decide after you've canned those green beans, it's time, it's holidays, it's Christmas time, it's time to open up the, some of those canned green beans and homegrown green beans. And so you empty that jar, you cook those beans. Well, you don't normally throw away the jar. No, you take that jar and you clean it. You clean it up for it to be used. And so the Lord wants us to empty up so he can clean up. We surrender to him so he can use us for his glory. And he will, no matter what you've done, the Lord will forgive you. The Lord will cleanse you. For his, his blood cleanses us from all sin, the scripture says. So he sanctifies us. Then whatever he sanctifies, he anoints what he cleanses. And so not only does he, uh, he anoint not only does he just cleanse, but he anoints. In other words, we're all, we all become anointed by the Holy Spirit. The anointing oil is picturesque in Scripture that the Holy Spirit is one of the symbols representing spirit is the oil. And the oil refers to in Exodus 30, 30, verses 30, 22 through 25, talking about God giving Moses the instructions on the anointing oil and how special it is, and that we had talked about, I think, last podcast about the uh, ingredients, uh, understanding that oil that, uh, that God told uh, Moses to make and the ingredients of the myrrh and the cinnamon, calamus, cassia, and, of course, a gallon of olive oil with all these ingredients involved. It made quite an anointing. And the anointing, not only did it, uh, of course, when it was poured upon Aaron's head, it made quite a mess. You know, God's anointing will uh, take over us. When we're truly anointed by him, he takes over us, and, uh, and he leads us, and he anoints us. But then also it, it causes us to smell sweet in a spiritual sense, in a in a sort of uh, figuratively speaking, because uh, this oil that 
this anointing oil that God told Moses to make, it, it put out such an aroma. And we should be an aroma to the world that people are drawn to us because of the anointing of the Lord. It never ceases to amaze me how there are folks, um, Christians, I've seen them, and I've seen sort of the path that they've taken and seen the journey somewhat and watching them develop and grow. And, and one day, you know, one day they themselves become leaders. But I see how at the, their humble beginnings, they felt like there's no way God could possibly use them, that they didn't have the abilities nor the skills. Well, then they discovered that through the anointing, through the surrendering over to God, that if God has called them, that they walk by faith into that calling, into that particular ministry, then there's an anointing that's poured out upon them where it just it even amazes them how God begins to work in their life and they look back and they think, I can't believe God has taken me this far. Well, it has been because they surrendered and, and the Lord had cleansed them and the Lord sanctified them, set them apart, and then also he has anointed them. So let me tell you, if God's speaking to you to do something for in his name, whether it be uh, involvement in an established ministry within the local church, whether it be with teaching, education, Christian education, teaching children, uh, teaching students, whether it be uh, young people or senior adults, if God's laid it on your heart to you to do this, don't be afraid because he will anoint you, enable you to do the task that is before you. And, um, you know, because the priest, Aaron, when he was anointed by God, called of God to be the priest, you know, he had a population of, my goodness, over a million people in the camp that he was responsible to be the, the priest and to uh, give spiritual lead. And he probably had felt quite overwhelmed just by the description, the job description that he had. But there was something that God gave him the ability and the help, and God gave him other priests to the helping, which were the Levites that helped him and his sons. And there were people who did the work of the Lord, whether it be physical work of setting up the furniture and setting up for sacrifice and handling the animals and offering the sacrifice and cleaning the instruments and doing this and, and that, doing a ministry in the tabernacle and, and even the carrying of the tabernacle to one location to another as they journeyed toward the promised land. God um, gave them an ability and anointing and gave them a call to do those things. So God wants to use you, and I think what's up to us is we just have to understand and know his anointing. Understand that anointing, which is if you can get that picture in your head of, of Aaron being, as in the book of, of, of Psalms, describing the anointing poured out on Aaron's head that read down his beard to his shoulders, even to the skirts of his garment. You know, that was a lot of oil because if you look there in, in Exodus 30 and with these ingredients, it required a gallon of olive oil 
to be in the mixture. So when you, you pour out that upon someone's head, you know, oil just has this way. It just keeps on lingering, keeps on moving, keeps on. It's just, it's not easy to remove. And, and with having it poured on him, uh, it was quite an application of, of, of the anointing. It wasn't just a little bit on his head, but it was poured out on him. That's how God wants to anoint you for what he's called you to do as being a leader, being one that's a part of a ministry team and, and doing a ministry, whether it be benevolent, whether it be instructional, whether it be um, uh, in a hospitality, whether it be, I mean, so many different fields, outreach, prayer ministry, whatever the ministry is, God will anoint you as he's called you into that. But understanding that anointing is in 1 John 2 and 20, which is kind of describing what is called the unction, the moving of the Spirit in us. Uh, John writes, he says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. So the Holy Spirit anointing gives us an edge to do ministry. He'll you know, the Bible says simply that in, in the book of James, any man lack wisdom, they ask it of the Lord, and the Lord would give it freely. So don't you know if you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to be there as Jesus said that he was a teacher? He will teach you. He'll give you and show you uh, insight and spiritual insight, discernment, and, and you a candidate to be used by the the spirit of the Lord and God will use you and anoint you to really impact the lives of other people. In first John two and 27, he goes on in the, and he says, he said, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you. Now he's not saying that we shouldn't listen to instruction, but what he's trying to say is, listen, don't fall back and say, I can't do anything because I don't know how to do anything. That's not true. The Holy Spirit will give you the drive and the anointing, the edge and opportunity where that he'll lead you and he's teaching you and you'll be able to do that ministry. Let me finish it. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and it's not a lie and just as it has taught you you will abide in him that anointing the holy spirit will teach you as you step out i guess the key thing is that is opportunity will we take the opportunity to step out and 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 step out on that golden moment that god is speaking to us about leading about doing ministry I just wanted to add right there that you pretty much spoke to what I was going to say. Um, it's the stepping out. It's the decision that is a scary decision to just decide to take that first step. God, I don't know how to lead this group. I don't know what to say, etc. and so on. But if we're in the Word of God, which the Word of God, the Bible, it's alive. It's quick, sharp, it's alive. But it's that first step of just saying, I'm making myself available, God. 
Absolutely, Leah. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Is you know, uh, it, it it is carpe diem in the Latin meaning seize the moment, seize the day. Actually, uh, carpe diem, and so seize the day. Don't don't be afraid. Don't shy away. So, understanding that anointing that we have, the promise of it. And, you know, that popular verse of Scripture in Psalm 23 and 5, you could probably quote it right now. The psalmist says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You know what I like about that verse? It kind of dawned on me is the fact that uh, he says, I'm going to prepare a table before you. The psalmist is saying, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, the psalmist is saying, there's going to be some pushback whenever you do something for God. Understand that there will be adversity, that the, the enemy will come because the enemy, Satan, will not like you doing the will of God. He's constantly working at us, so we will not do the will of God and that we fall. But when we're fulfilling and walking in that anointing, you know, we're going we're gonna to make waves. We're going to um, run into opposition that is against what God is wanting to use us in. But notice what the psalmist says. He said, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. So God, no matter what the opposition that is against me trying to fulfill your will in this ministry, I know, Lord, that the anointing is going to be there, and I'm walking in that anointing, and that my cup will run over. My cup runneth over. That really says that you can face the most difficult times trying to do the work of the Lord, but then you can know that no matter what you face, your cup is going to run over. God is going to bless. He's not going to forget you out there. You're not, you're not out there in left field and all by yourself. You've not been isolated, though the devil will say that nobody cares and nobody wants to join in with you. Nobody wants to support what you do. Don't you believe that? If you and I have the support of Jesus, we have everything. Because it is something, ministry that we have belongs to the Lord. We do it as unto the Lord. And so, therefore, it becomes an offering to him. So, therefore, now, that's not an excuse to kind of fool around and kind of, you know, be lazy and not try to do the best in the ministry God's called you. And it's, it, it's not an excuse where that you, you know, it's Jesus' ministry, so... I don't really have to do all this study and research and legwork and all this stuff involving ministry. I don't, I don't have to sweat it that well. Uh, that's not an excuse for that. It's his ministry, but you want to offer him what belongs to him and give it to him. Then, you know, he will bless it and he will bless you. Not only is there that promise, but the power of that anointing understanding the anointing is isaiah 10 27 says it shall come to pass that uh come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing maybe i'm talking to someone out there that is involved with some ministry 
in the local church or even here at Rodney Pike Church of God and you feel as though uh, you're just wiped out, you're just so down and, and that you know, you're just you know, weighted down, well, let me tell you, ask the Holy Spirit to anoint you. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. Let the anointing be upon you because that anointing will destroy the yoke, the yoke that weights you down and, and, and bears on you. Not only is there the promise and the power of that anointing, there's the what I call the possessing of that anointing. And in Zechariah 4, we can read in the Old Testament the account of Joshua and Zerubbabel. And, and uh, what the scriptures were saying prophecy was leaning toward was the uh, Joshua and Zerubbabel were the two anointed ones uh, who are the, the two leaders of Israel in the time of Zechariah. Joshua was the high priest uh, who was the ecclesiastical leader of God's people, and Zerubbabel uh, was the governor who was the civil leader of God's people. God anointed both of them for divine work to finish his work in the temple of God, that the temple would be completed. And that temple would be completed and, and, and done. In Zechariah 4 and 12, it says, And I further answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two golden pipes from which the golden oil drains? Well, the scripture explains in Zechariah 4 that that, that was uh, uh, in that vision, prophetic vision, that was Joshua and Zerubbabel, uh, were, uh, which the the oil pipes, the two oil pipes flowing. Don't we all in ministry want to be conduits of the Holy Spirit, that, that we become like connector pipes of the Holy Spirit flowing from us into someone else's life? I think that's really truly picturesque of what ministry is all about, is what we do is about the Lord, and what we give is the Lord. It made me think of, makes me think in the New Testament, when uh, Peter and John were going to go to the temple to pray. This was after Jesus had ascended. This was after the day of Pentecost. And they went, and as they went to the temple to pray, there was a man begging for, for alms. And Peter went and looked at that man, and he told him, he says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now let me tell you, ministry leader, you have something to give. And, and what we're giving is Jesus Christ and his word, his name, as we're sharing his name, whether it be in the classroom or shaking someone's hands. We're giving people as they're coming in the door. If you're in a hospitality team, a welcoming team, uh, you're literally, you shake someone's hands and you say hello, you're, you're introducing, giving them the Lord Jesus Christ. When the preacher gets up to preach, uh, he is giving to the world the gospel, the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's, we're giving the world Jesus, not ourselves, but Jesus. So remember what I said before, our ministry belongs to him. It doesn't belong to us. We're stewards of this calling. Stewards are the ones that just manage and work and operate, allowing the Lord God to lead us and to guide us. And, and so we, we see here this 
this power that he's given us, then the potential, you know, it's just on and on. I like Psalm 52, 8 and 9. It says, for I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. The psalmist also wrote in Psalm 128 and 3. It says, uh, I want to explain this. Your wife shall be a fruitful vine in in the very heart of your house, and your children like olive plants all around your table. What I'm saying about the potential is this. If you and I as adults fulfill the will of God and follow his calling, do what he tells us to do, and do that ministry he's called us to do, then what will happen as we're being filled with the Spirit of God, as we're being anointed by the Holy Spirit, guess what's going to happen? You're going to see the potential. And when I think of potential, I always think about future. It's never potential now. Potential is, is on its way. It's going to happen. Someone's going to fulfill their potential, what, where they ought to be, what, ought to, what really ought to happen. Well, this is a future uh, uh a future word that deals with the future, talking about potential. You know, it's just like looking at an athlete. We look at him and 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 a high school student. Well, they say, well, he's got some good talent. Man, he has such potential. Potential is he's going to get there when he gets older and he works his uh, and he works out more and he learns and develops more. So there's potential. For the spirit of the living God to not only flow through you, but through your children and your family. That the potential of that Holy Spirit, if you are really the conduit of the, you know, the golden pipes, as Zerubbabel and Joshua was referred to in Zechariah 4, then it's going to flow from generation to generation. Your leadership not only involves the people around you that are not connected to you, but what do you think it's doing to the people and family members who are connected to you? Well, they're watching you. They're listening to you. They're observing you. They're following. They're going to follow after you. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I always desired that when the Lord filled me with the Holy Spirit, that he would fill my children with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The Lord did that. And I'm believing the potential in my grandsons. And they're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're going to discover their ministry purpose in God's kingdom. I mean, they're not going to be, maybe probably not going to be a, I mean, I'm not going to say they won't be, but they don't have to be a pastor like me. But I believe they're going to find their place where God has planned for them because God's called them to be involved with ministry. We're all called to do that. I'll never forget that in my own life that the Lord called me and he dealt with me at a young age. And I found myself being involved at church in in various different types of ministry situations and volunteering you know, and being involved through the church. I was usually there at work days and as a young boy, and I was learning, working after other men and grown men that were not in my family. And I learned about the importance of God's house and, and taking care of it. Then I saw 
to uh, I was involved with ministry with a bus ministry and I learned the, what the joy it was to to get children to leave their house and get on a bus and go to church and go to Sunday school and be at church I discovered in young age uh, an involvement involved with vacation Bible school as I was asked as a, a young teenager to teach a vacation Bible school class then uh, I was asked to be involved with assistant teacher when I was a, a young uh, man. Then I was asked at 15 years old to be the song leader in the church, and, and, and I, I stepped into that, just willing to whatever, whatever God would want, I'd be willing to do it, though I was nervous and I was scared. I could wait. I don't know if you're listening, if you've ever been to a church with a song service, but I used to just wave my hand according to the beat of the songs and, and sing the song, and everybody would sing with me. But that, that was a big thing in my life. Then at the age of 17, he called me to preach. Um, I was very scared about that, and I'm still scared about preaching. Uh, I may act like I'm pretty confident, but there's still a nervousness there. It's an awesome place to, to be in a place God wants us to be in ministry. And I will tell you, as I mentioned to the folks at Rodney Pike Church of God, no matter what they do in this church, they are just as, as valuable as I am in this congregation. We're all working together to fulfill the will of God. And I feel a lot of people in the church world, or those who go to church, they lose interest they kind of run out of gas and the reason why is all they ever know of church is when they attend every once in a while they never realize that God has a great calling in their life and they need to just search for it reach out to it say God here am I send me show me Lord and he'll show you and I'm telling you look out it's an exciting ride it's awesome to be used of God I know you're on the other end of this podcast saying, amen, 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 because it's a wonderful joy because the Lord calls us. He does. He truly calls us. And I know if you're saved, if you're born again, I got to tell you, lightning bolts from heaven doesn't have to come down and strike you from God saying, hey, you've been called. I'm telling you that if you'll open up the Bible, and you start reading the Bible, you'll realize that God's kingdom is made up of all these wonderful people who are more than just being Christians who are saved, but they've learned to be a servant of the Lord. And there's great joy in the service of our God. And uh, I have to say that another word for a servant at a restaurant is a waiter. And sometimes when God is putting us in that process, he is telling us to wait. And while we wait, I would recommend that you go serve. Go volunteer in some way so that you can love on the people at your local church or in your community. Good lesson, Pastor. I want you to uh, pray us out of here as we end session three. And... Uh, We'll be going into the next session after that, but uh, pray for everyone, Pastor. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and caring for each and every one of us. 
thank you, Lord, that not only have you brought us into your kingdom, but you've, you've given us opportunity in your kingdom. You've opened the door not only for us to be born again and become one of your children, but you're offering opportunities for us, Lord, to discover you in different ways as we desire to serve you. Now, Lord, speak to everyone that's listening to this and everyone's joined in. And God, just speak to us. Speak to those who are listening right now. They know what you have kind of tugged their heart toward. Speak, and Lord, and let us respond to the leading of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. You are a great God. Amen.